Hello. Weird how you didn't hear an intro, right? Well, honestly, there is no reason to have a positive, honestly silly, intro for this episode. This episode is me using my platform, voice, thoughts, eloquency, I could say, hopefully, fingers crossed, to penetrate your ears, your thoughts, your soul, into doing something. I'm talking to white people, myself included, because I can think it all day, but until I say it and hear it back or write it down and read it back, it's just a thought. We have to see color. I'm sitting here in my podcasting room. It's a second bedroom with a little desk from Ikea. And out of the four walls, one wall is brick. And at the top right corner of that brick wall is a rectangular shaped window with a pattern of glass. So think of like a pattern stained glass window, but without the stain. So just glass. And I must be facing rises in the east, that's in the west. I'm trying to think of the sun. The west. This wall is facing the west because the sun is coming right through this window and it's creating these little rainbows all over the room. I see them on the wall in front of me. I see them on the spare bed next to me. They're a bit on the ground. Yeah, they're actually a lot on the ground. And I see lots of color. And it's beautiful. And it's taking up space. And it's making me stop and appreciate it. So all these arguments or statements, or defense mechanisms, or you trying to prove that you are not racist and never have been by saying, oh, I don't see color. Well, then you're basically telling people of color, I don't really see you. I see what I've been told to see. I don't see your culture. I don't see your history. I don't see the things you've been through. I am choosing to see something that is stripped down. We have to see color. We have to keep seeing color. It's probably the most beautiful thing we can recognize in someone else. It's declaring that we see them. So for today's episode, if you were expecting a white girl to come on here, fellow white people, and tell you, wow, I'm feeling 
overwhelmed and uncomfortable and I had no idea and all these things, then you probably need to move on to something else. Because I'm not here to be the party starter of a pity party. Let me repeat that. I'm not here to be the party starter of a pity party. I am here to talk some real talk. So I need you to drop the excuses of being overwhelmed, of being uncomfortable, of being uncertain, all these words. Put them away for a little bit. This is not going to be an hour-long podcast because, God, if I had to talk for an hour like that, I would need a, a throat lozenge, and I don't have that at the moment in my apartment. So, buckle up, friends. Let's do this. You've probably now learned that it's not about being not racist. Because that just means you're chill about it and you're letting things still happen. So you've learned, myself included, that we have to actively be anti-racist. I wrote something at the top of my journal as things were flooding my, my brain. The universe was telling me a lot today and I am really glad I listened Don't make anti-racism a dreaded part-time job, but a full-time passion. So think about that. We've all had those shitty part-time jobs. The ones that just eat away at your soul, right? And then we find something, hopefully you've found something already that you're passionate about and you're like, oh yeah, I want to do that full-time, you know? So it's like that. We shouldn't be dreading this work. Yeah, it's going to make us uncomfortable. But we have to go full speed ahead. Because we're going to lead with our hearts and not with our heads. So, there was an email I received yesterday or the day before with a, I guess, pledge or acknowledgement or... Instruction, I think instruction is a good way to put it, to sit in silence for 8 minutes and 46 seconds today at 2.45 Central Standard Time in remembrance of George Floyd. Because that's how long it took to murder him. And I chose to set an alarm to not forget because that can happen. Doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I was doing laundry, writing things down, reading things, answering emails at the same time. So I set an alarm. I had my noise-canceling headphones on. I sat down. I closed my eyes. And I set an alarm for... Timer, I should say. For 8 minutes, 46 seconds. And I wondered what my mind would do in the silence like that. Because I've been trying to be so 
active and, and doing things and saying things and speaking up and connecting and blah, blah, blah. So I was very grateful to, to sit down, close my eyes, and feel the need to ask for courage. I felt a pull to seek out courage. Courage for the future. Courage to feel like I have the tools to speak up and make a difference. So if this was an outline that you would do before you write the whole essay, courage is definitely the main subject. The opening paragraph about courage and about what you want, and now we're going to talk about what we can do to get it. So this is kind of setting the scene. I saw a black woman post about the idea of seeing a lot of white people post, I will. I will learn, I will listen, I will have more knowledge under my belt. And she didn't like that. And so I thought about it. And like sparked something in my brain. Because I was seeing that too. I was seeing a lot of I wills all over my my Instagram feed. And what I interpreted as, and I'm sure what she did as well, is that saying I will means that you're not willing to do the work now. You're setting yourself up to only think in the future. To basically put things off and only handle them in another day. At another day. The phrase, regret won't change your past, anxiety won't change your future. You are creating anxiety for the future that's not here yet. You're probably thinking, oh my God, when we get back to work, I'm going to have to, you know, speak up every time someone makes a racist joke and I'm going to have to shut down um, the idea of not giving everyone the same opportunity and, and all that. And yeah, you're going to have to do those things, but you're not going to probably have to do all of those things at every moment of every day. So don't feel like you're in a battle you're not fighting in yet. You're in the pre-battle stages. Training camp. Training camp. Ooh, anti-racist training camp. I like that. I didn't even write that shit down. Yes, yes, yes. We are in training. And you know what? We should never not be in training. We're locking and loading that thing in and we're going to be buckled up forever. And then along the way, we'll have these battles to fight and defend and all this. So, if you replace all the I wills with I am... I am speaking up. I am challenging it. I am educating myself. I am defending black people. It means you're choosing to be in motion for the present instead of being ashamed 
that you're choosing to be stuck for things in the future. That is hella honest. Honest. Not saying like me saying it is honest. You doing it and recognizing it is really honest. Because are you saying and posting these things and committing? Or are you saying and posting these things just to make yourself feel better? Because white people, we love the sheep mentality. Following the herd. Following the pack. Hopping on the bandwagon. And this shit is none of those things. If everyone is doing their little baby racist things over there in a pack, you have to commit to go the other way. Go the right way. Go the anti-racist way. This work is not self-help work. And are you convincing yourself that it's too much? Are you posting a black square and then going and patting yourself on the back and going back to the narrative that, oh, I'm so grateful I'm such a good person that I posted that. Because what we should be doing, me included, I'm, I'm, I'm owning up to all the things. It's painful, but what's more painful is facing the reality that your silence has been like a slow, flesh-eating poison that no matter how many times you apologize or repost will foreseeably never be forgiven. Fuck. That's heavy. You get to choose to be strong enough to keep carrying that heavy ass burden and put in the work for black people anyway. This is not a fight for their forgiveness. This is a fight for their lives. This brings me back to the subject of our outline of our essay, Courage. We see the word courage written down we hear it spoken, we may even see it in action from people that we admire, but when you think of courage, or if someone were to ask you what you think courage is, what would you say? I'll give you a sec. You can close your eyes and think about it. You can say it out loud. If you are driving, do not close your eyes. Great, time's up. You've thought what courage means. I love seeing courage as not being fearless and doing something that may be seen as extraordinary, but having all levels of fear and turning it from the leader to the follower. So two ways we're going to tackle and explain what the hell I mean. Number one, when do we not feel fear? We don't feel fear at a job we've been at, for a long time. We don't have fear 
in mundane tasks. We don't feel fear with people that we've known for a long time. There's no fear in comfort. So to give that a 180 flip, when do we feel fear? At a new job. Trying new things. Meeting new people. Actively feeling uncomfortable. That's you actively living the idea of courage. Second point. To do anything life-changing or to do anything that actually makes an impact, fear must be there. The fear of saying it wrong. The fear of it not being liked. The fear of it not being liked by everybody. There's a difference there. People pleasers, you understand what I'm saying. The fear of it not being celebrated. The fear of it not being validated. The fear of it being the last and best thing you ever do or ever say. Is that resonating? You're probably agreeing with a lot of those. If not all of those, because I totally agree with all of those. But to finish the whole statement, to do anything life-changing or to do anything that actually makes an impact, fear must be there and you get to choose to do it anyway. Think of it simply as uh, a, a piece of paper and a pencil. Imagine with that you've created a to-do list. A long one, a short one, whatever. Who cares? I don't, I don't know what your grocery lists look like. But at the top, number one on the list, is fear. Under that, put, read a book on white supremacy that will challenge me. Speak loudly on my biggest platform about the desire to stop cops from murdering black people. Take more than just a few minutes to really sit with the racist behaviors, thoughts, and jokes that I've been allowing to go on in my life and others' lives for years. And so on and so on and so on. Remember, fear is still at the top. And by being at the top, it creates a blockage. Like a castle surrounded by a body of water with absolutely no way to get to it. No drawbridge, nothing. So you become immobile and focused on the fear and you forget one thing. You wrote the to-do list down with a pencil. So you, us, white people, you have the chance to just simply turn the pencil over, erase fear, and just write it down at the bottom of the list. So when you take another look at the whole list, you still see the fear, but it's just not number one anymore. That is how you keep creating courage. That is your new definition of courage. So today, tomorrow, in the future, Don't seek courage.
created. So, how we close this up. We stop apologizing to our black friends or our black acquaintances or our black colleagues because saying sorry with the intent to receive forgiveness is just not going to happen. Leave them be. Check in on them if that is what they desire. Just have it be a one-sided conversation for now in thinking of that as they are speaking, we are listening. That is it. And we are speaking in our own ways to show solidarity, to show that we've got their backs, to show that we're working so that they can feel safer in everything that they do. And the more you put on them to make yourself feel better, the more they will be burdened. And that's just going to make them tired, more tired than they already are. So leave them be and listen. You can reach out to me, text me, call me, DM me if you want to talk. The conversation needs to happen more with white people in our own minds, in our own houses, in our own little communities or, uh, yeah, communities. And there are so many resources out there. I think a lot of people don't know where to start. And if you start with something, that's where you're meant to start. If you're like, I don't know which book to read first, make a list of books and then close your eyes and move your finger around. And then wherever your finger lands, that's what you're going to read first. Because you can't just read one more book and have all the answers. You need to be a sponge, filling yourself with knowledge, soaking it in always. Don't let the sponge dry out, damn it. Uh, petitions to sign, sign them all, read into them. Don't just like put your name and phone number and, and email, like understand what you're fighting for. Uh, I have a link tree on my profile. I didn't know what a link tree was until recently, but it's basically like one link that goes to a bunch of other links that I continuously try to add to with things from articles to articles about the history of slavery and systemic racism and all of that to petitions, to places to donate, to uh, GoFundMe, to whatever. Lots of different things. So that can be a great place to start. I hope you've already started. I hope you're in it. I hope you've felt like you physically buckled yourself in. You're ready for the ride. That makes it sound... Uh, that, make, that makes it sound dumbed down. So I just want to say, I hope you're ready to keep going. I hope you're ready to strongly keep fighting. I hope you are ready to strongly keep speaking up. Silence is violence and the violence needs to stop. And let's remember that Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Jordan Edwards, and all of those whose names we need to keep saying, they are all more important and should be valued more than property. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now go do your homework. Be diligent. 
be loud, be persistent, be consistent. And I'm not looking for a gold star for this. I'm not looking for a pat on the back for this. Uh, if you post about it on Instagram or something, I'm not going to reshare it. It's not that type of vibe we're after right now. But I do want you to share it with people that need to hear it. Um, it might be the first step to a tough conversation, but I promise you it will be worth it. So thank you again and see you soon.